and hang the phone up. But I don't like being alone. Don't wanna be alone. I'm just praying to God that you home. Hi and welcome to the Drunk Doll Podcast. <laughs> I don't know what was happening. <laughs> I was doing Migo noises. Fuck you, man. You were, you were, you were turning into a full Foley artist. I thought Thad was about to die. He he let the song go so long. I was like, where are we? <laughs> we, <laughs> we went to another land where Tina is a rapper. <laughs> Hi and welcome to the Drunk Doll Podcast. I'm your host Dyke Michaels. With me is always my co-host Tina McDonald. <laughs> to a bitch jinx padlock <laughs> no don't you dare you pinch poke me and you owe me a coke and our producer on the ones and twos thaddeus j mckee lincoln did it baby <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck man and uh we are starting off uh this drunk dial with a very special guest with us in studio Stephen Vincent Giles' uncle is. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Stephen Vincent Giles is in studio. Hey, Stephen Vincent Giles, teal. We should have him on. Uh, <laughs> for for our listeners, that I'll let you in on the inside joke. Uh, that you're uh, Stephen is a uh, accomplished comedian in the Indianapolis scene. He's also our across the street neighbor, almost directly across the street neighbor. And uh, so one time, your uncle was just driving around in a pickup truck, and Dad was outside. Bowen. Mowing grass, and he's just like, "Hey, I'm Stephen Vincent Giles' uncle." <laughs> that's how he introduced himself. <laughs> that's that's the longest introduction I've yeah. ever heard. So he's, pr- he's he's proud of him. he's proud of me. Yeah, he should be. I like that. Yeah. I get a family supports me. Blah blah blah. I'm Stephen. Some, <laughs> sometimes I forget because all my friends are comics now. That like. Like to you know normal people like that's interesting you know it's like oh yeah we're like the weird people in our each of our like respective families right yeah know. yeah for sure but within the circle of friends of comedy it's pretty it's the since it's so normal it's yeah you yeah. don't you don't you don't think about how yeah. how how weird it is I definitely did I mean I say this all the time about being roommates with Thad about how being roommates with a comic is so much better than anything else just because. You just feel like a weirdo. It's, that's yeah, wasting your life away. <laughs> and like, what's at least when someone else is doing it too, and you're having those conversations. You know, like he moved in right at the beginning of the pandemic. I feel like we talked about comedy for a month straight, and then we just stopped. We we're just like, well, I don't know if this is ever coming yeah. back. So like, you just started having normal conversations. Yeah, we just you know, and like podcasting became very big. Like, but it was there was a minute there where I was like, I feel like we comedied ourselves out. No, no, you did. Like, it's called love bombing, dude. <laughs> you guys, comedy love bombed each other. No, that's a real thing. I feel, uh, like, especially when you meet friends in the comedy scene, and you're like, oh my god, you're fucking amazing. And you just talk about sets and comedy and so building we bits. We didn't comedy love bomb each other. We were just like, you suck. That's, don't you fucking lie to me. No, but it was like, like it was like talking about like a girlfriend that you dated. Like, man, I miss her. Like, she was so great. <laughs> Hope she's coming back. And after you're like, oh, she's not calling. You're like, like ah, we, need to, we both need to move on. Yeah, we need to move on. <laughs> you know who I miss? Comedy. Yeah, she was so nice. Whatever happened to her? She, she got killed by the pandemic. <laughs> she's never coming back. <laughs> she did. She did come back. She just didn't want to be with you anymore. I mean, I remember like... I remember, I mean, I honestly thought the world was ending. Like, I really did. Oh, I 100% like, did. There was part uh-huh. of me that I was, like, going to go, uh, my 
cousin has like basically like a a cattle farm down in Tennessee, and she was just like, "Put your dog in the car and come down here." Damn, and like you almost been a farm bob. Almost did that, but I mean, I, I'll be honest. I realized coming the coming to the apocalypse that um, I I. I feel like a pretty liberal person typically until the apocalypse. And then I need a lot. I need a, I need a little bit more like second amendment energy behind me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like you're not, you're not going to protect me in the end times with your gender studies degree. You know what I mean? You feel that? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you okay. dare. That's too okay. <laughs> you're not going to protect me with your gender studies. I'm fucking mad at you. That's so funny. You never know. Maybe aliens don't like being mispronounced. <laughs> like I they like, are killing us for the, the, the the final days. I just I just would be around a lot of gunpowder. <laughs> I was I remember when me and Daryl because we I think we had just started doing our podcast and he's like, "Oh great, cool. If I come over uh, to go record, I'm like, dude, there's a pandemic happening. I have to hurry and get home." He's like. It's what are you talking about, dude? It's really not that bad. Because I was like so scared about get, like just getting on the highway because it was so cool. I don't know what my deal was. We were it was a time. I thought because I worked every day during the whole thing, and I remember I'd come home and I'd be like, "Am I tracking COVID into the house?" Oh my like, god, same. And, you know, is there COVID? I mean, we went through so much fucking hand sanitizer and and all that stuff. I do miss the lack of traffic. Oh my god, remember that? Those it was like kind of smooth sailing. It was so oh, gas prices. No, it was spooky, but it was smooth sailing. There was like no smag. <laughs> no smag. Not one not a bit. Thad would always stand even though we like lived together, he would stand 6 feet apart from me just cuz I'd been the one going outside. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know what you brought back with you. <laughs> What a time! And now we're just like sharing pins, willy nilly. Oh my god! I remember, I remember when people were honestly being like, uh, "We'll never shake hands again." I remember when people were like, "Yeah, shaking hands was disgusting. Why did we ever do it? Like, we're never gonna shake hands again." <laughs> and I, I was just like, "Yeah, like that was gross. That was wildly inappropriate that we did that for so long." <laughs> but I still like dapping people up now. Like, like anytime, like. I'm going on stage, coming or going. I just, I, I don't like the handshake. It's too much. My hands are already clammy for being nervous. Yeah. No, I do like to do a nice little elbow touch, but I do love a dab. I'm like, and that's enough. I thought yeah. that the pandemic would at least teach us to be more hygienic. Mm. And um, I think that we were for a little bit. Well, a, many of us. Yeah. But it somewhere it went by the wayside. I uh, recently, I used to work in an office Mm. Until recently. Um, but in this office, um, this is like a, this is like a, a, like a professional office, right? Yeah. Right here. And every, and every time I'm, I'd go into the bathroom, there'd be a dude in there and he'd do all kinds of business and then not wash his hands Ratchet. Yeah. and walk out. I'm like, yeah. what the f- COVID? I've had COVID twice. I see. And I, and, and I just don't want your poop and pee hands all over the door. Handle. I see it at the comedy clubs all the time. Like you go in the bathroom, oh and, God, yeah. and there's just dudes walking out, not washing their hands. It's gross. Have you guys ever heard that joke about the uh, the doctor, like the the nasty doctor, and he's just like, hey, like you got to go visit this nasty doctor. Like he'll figure out what's going on with you. And so like he goes to this nasty doctor. He's like, hey, you can find out what's wrong with me. He's like, all right. He's like, I'm going to need to do a pee sample. So like he pees. And like, but the doctor puts his hand out there and just pee in my hand. It's okay, I'm the dirty doctor. And the guy pees in his hand. He's like, ah. He like puts it in his mouth. The doctor drinks it. He's like, that's not it. 
And he's like, <laughs> like I'm going to need a poop sample. <laughs> and he's just like, just pooping my hands. I'm a dirty doctor. That's why it's so cheap. Oh my god! <laughs> so Make it stop. He poops the hand. No. Kind of wipes it, smells it, and like, ah, that's not it. And he's like, open your mouth. And he sticks his hand in the guy's mouth. And so he's like, say ah. And the guy throws up. He's like, what are you doing? And after he throws up, he's like, ah, I know what it is. You got a tummy ache. I fucking can't is go to jail. Is this a Haitian joke? I feel like. Is this real? You're full of it. No. Dirty doctor. The dirty doctor. You better cite your doctor. sources. Uh, you can look it up probably online. Dirty doctor. I think, I think it was a joke in a foreign language and it lost something in translation. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a really weird been. cartoon that was made in a whole a separate strange universe. Oh my God. Oh. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Boo yourself. Oh. Dirty Great. doctor. Uh, Steven was the and I, I may have said this I don't remember last time you were on uh, or last time we podcast with you but Steven was one of the first people in Irvington that um, when I was waiting tables uh, he was introduced to me as Did you see that guy over there he's a comedian and I was like really oh. I was like oh and I just remember being like oh he's a comedian and also that combined with the fact that you would always come in with like a group of beautiful women every time I saw him and I was just like <laughs> I was like, that guy in the trench coat? I was like, oh, he must be doing something. Because every time I see him, he's got like a different gaggle of women with him. And yeah. I was like, is that is that Gaggle of women. You're telling me he's going around carrying a bunch of geese women? <laughs> Sorry, a murder of women? <laughs> oh, my God. We should start calling a, a group of hot women, like baddies. We should start calling them a murder of women. You know what to call a bunch of uh, a group of white women? A gaggle. A brunch of women. Was it as a oh my God. <laughs> Kyle Buck calls a gaggle like a group of white oh people a gaggle of white gosh. people. A gaggle of whites. A gaggle of whites. Uh, I, okay, I also sent us uh, in a group message to Dyke and Thad. Um what I found when I looked up dirty doctor. Please look at your phones, you dumb bitches. Oh no. I don't know. What do you call while well, we're looking this up, what do you call a group of black oh. women? Oh um goddesses that we're not worthy of? <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, so it appears to be a sex book called Dirty Doctor. It looks like maybe the cover of Magic Mike. Uh, this guy, he's with, uh, with little stethoscope. His abs, it's no shirt, but he does have a stethoscope on, and his pants are a bit askew, just so you can see. I would say a healthy amount of dick root. Dirty Doctor. Uh, dick root. Oh, oh, hold on. Let me. Um, Thad, I'm gonna. No, actually, Dyke, here's your closer. I'm going to show you what somebody obviously photoshopped, and it's just really funny to me because it's in the same, like, search and, like, thing. I, no, I, the Dirty Doctor is supposed right. to be, like, a Danny DeVito character. So, well, anyway, if you want to look at some softcore porn, just Google Dirty Doctor. And also apparently. just know that Thad looks at it and tells his friends to look it up. <laughs> no, it's Danny DeVito. It's like, <laughs> the punchline is, ah, oh, I see what it is. No, you're horny for... A tummy ache. A tummy ache. No, you're horny for white rib doctors. I'm All telling right. everybody. If that is your spell that you're casting on me, like, please stop. <laughs> I can't manifest you being gay. That's not how it works. I feel like you have that power, though. No, I don't. And also, I wouldn't use my witchy dumb shit for that. I use it so I can be confident. What a crazy superpower, though, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. If I could just project just like, gay. Switching people's or sexual orientation. Yeah. Just like look at you. Just like, you love dick now. That would have probably worked on... Uh, uh, um, what's his name? Not Thor. Thanos. Thanos. It'll be two snaps. <laughs> oh, yikes. <Whoa>. Take <laughs> that, gay people. I'm just like, I, don't, I don't know. I'm done. 
I just wanted to cancel myself. Hey, Dad, <laughs> Dad, look at what I just sent you, and please describe to the the listeners what you just saw. Because I'm because I looked up Dirty Doctor. Look at the second. I'm not thing. looking at your gay porn. Look, I'm this, not looking at your gay porn. All right, this is going off the rails. No, there's this, a lady this, on it. This, this jumped way off. I was like, Hey, Stephen Vincent Jones, he's a comedian. Anyway, look at this dick root, this doctor porn, and the worst joke I've ever heard. <laughs> Dick root. Stop saying dick root. <laughs> dick root. Dick root. Dick root. It sounds like a very weird, like German beat. It sounds like something you throw in a witch's cauldron. <laughs> Actually, yes, I'll allow it. <laughs> a witch's cauldron. <laughs> Stephen Matthews and dick root. <laughs> One dick root. Oh my god. A dick root from a dirty doctor. See, now I'm on board. Oh I'm my on board god. with it. <laughs> Uh, oh my God. That's what we do here on the drunk town. <laughs> <laughs> we try to make nothing out of something. <laughs> nope. It's called improv. Um, yeah, I'm ter- <laughs> I'm, I am terrible at improv. Which uh, I get a te- I get a test out next week on the uh, on the D and D show, which is pretty much live improv slash D and D at White Rabbit. And uh, we we did a Zoom run through last night, and let me tell you, your boy was awful <laughs> it was like like beginning level level D is like the worst like like the first yeah it's really hard to get you if you're not used to story building or like thinking on the fly it can make you really nervous i think because i did D before i ever got ever into improv mm. and it does oh man i get so dick nervous i was just like look at me it's soft i don't know i'm usually so creative in conversation i don't want to throw up or did you just mean game mechanics wise, your character is weak and it's hard to survive? No, I just meant like the like we were like he was uh, a person. Let's flesh this out before we take it to stage, and I don't think we got there. <laughs> right. I was like, I feel less confident now than I did before we did this test run. It'll be fun, guys. Anyway, come out to the show. It's, it's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. I love it so much. I really like doing uh, squabble. That was the closest thing to improv. I won squabble, which I don't oh, know. Nice. I don't know if there's really actual winners Wait, or not. I don't or, know if I. What character did they give you? I I got. I was a uh, boat uncle. I was a boat a, uncle. an uncle who owned a boat. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. A boat uncle. Then, oh, uncle. Yeah, they're like problematic. Your identity was your identity was all around. I own a boat. Well, it was boat uncle, but then I I like to throw in like a, a couple other little things. So it was like. I was like thinking of everything like uncles, you know, like is this like a bass boat uh, uncle or like a no, like uh, a well, big like a, boat, uncle. no, like a small boat, you okay. know, like mm. you, you take the family out on yeah. maybe a large pontoon, but I don't know. But uh, what I was thinking of like uncles is like you can have your like uh, I like the party uncle, like the party uncle that's like I still like to party, you know, like yeah. Um, what about the one that drives around a pickup truck and yells at your friends hey, I'm across Steve the street? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. I'm Steven Vincent Giles' uncle. I took you with. That's called a callback in comedy. That is great. That's stupid. Why is it that our parents' brother is always weird? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's something about an uncle. Does it only seem weird because he does... It's like a weird variant version of your parents. You're like, you're a fucking weird version of my dad. Mm. I don't like your vibe. Get out of here. Yeah. Like, I don't know there's many people that are just like, yep, my uncle, me, we're ride or die, you know? <laughs> like, Dude, I love my uncle. I'm not going to lie. Yeah? I stand by that. Yeah, my uncle is dope. Is that mom's or dad's side of the family? Uh, I'm both sides, but I was thinking of my mom's side. Mm. I mean, he, he always gave me the cool gifts. He always would, like, take me out, and, like, he'd have, like, electronics, and, yeah, like, he's a rider. 
Who was it? Who is it that always gives you the black Santa every Christmas? Uh, that, that person I'm trying to save their identity <laughs> for, no. for race reasons. <laughs> he uh, got a black Santa Claus, and I was like, "Someone got you a black Santa Claus?" He goes, "Yeah." Every what, year. What, what do you mean? Is this like a doll? Or? People usually give me black Santa Clauses. Yeah, a miniature black, not like full life size black Santa Clauses. That would or be was it like, or was it like, 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 like a like a lawn. Ornament? Like a gnome that's or, been or, shrunk. or is it just made out of chocolate and you're just assuming that it's a... <laughs> well, some of them are chocolate. Um, God, you're you so know. cute. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're about the size of your hand. Nothing too offensive. I think the bigger they are... <laughs> <laughs> the more offensive the they get. Like, All right. <laughs> Steven, uh, you you do a lot of these kind of like, uh, I don't know what you call them, one-man one shows or what, what's the preferred... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know because it's not. I don't just do stand up. Yeah, the kind of like storytelling. Right? I do. I do some storytelling, but then I also do like recitation. What's that? that? So recitation. It's like when I'm. I have probably an hour's worth of memorized prose poems mm. that I can just rattle off at the drop of a hat. And so I've memorized them over the years and I put them together and I made a show called a darkly humorous evening. Yeah. Oh. And that's what that is. That's, so it's okay. A, it's so a, I didn't it's know. like all of the morbid prose poems that I've memorized that are like, you know, well, they're funny, but morbid. can you give us like a short sample of one? Um, you do a limerick. Sure. Those are short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Edward Gorey. Are you familiar with Edward Gorey? I'm not. He did um, He did a lot of pen drawings, artwork, and wrote a lot of weird stuff. And if you've ever seen the PBS mystery show, mm -hmm. there's like a cartoon at the beginning. That's, yeah. That's his artwork. Oh, okay. That is yeah. old school. And he wrote all sorts of wild stuff, but he does, he does have a selection of limericks, which I love. And some of them are like, let me think. Um... um I'm sorry, <laughs> my brain is Do we put fried. you on the spot? Well, uh, no, I got it here. I just don't want to, like, be dead air for too long. Mm. Let me think. Um, each night, Father fills me with dread as he sits at the foot of my bed. I'd not mind that he speaks and gibbers and squeaks, but for 17 years, he's been dead. <laughs> so oh. it's, like, some creepy stuff like that. Oh. But then there's, like, these great, like, epic poems that go on and on and on that tell a beautiful story or they'll like tell a story that, that has kind of a morbid kind of tone to it. I love that kind of, I'm just drawn to that kind of dark comedy. And when's your next uh, gig coming up like that? Well, like that one, I'm, I might do, I usually do that around Halloween, but I'm thinking about doing that in the summertime. I have a show coming up just after Easter that I'm calling Black Jelly Beans. Okay. And it is uh, it is a, actually a true story show. So it's going to be me telling true stories about life, death, and growing up Catholic. Oh, wow. For about an hour and a half. Oh, my God. I'm stressed. <laughs> no. Now, how do you, how do you mark it? Because that's definitely different than, like, traditional stand-up. Like, yeah. what, what's your, like, how do you go about marketing these shows? Well, I guess when I did, I remember when I first did a stand-up show, the clubs wouldn't, like, consider me as a headliner mm -hmm. like i feature but they i wasn't getting any headlining jobs so i made my own i found a venue i made posters and i did, i made my own headline show yeah and it felt really good and i called it the rise of failure that was the title and i think that's going to be i'm 
working on a, maybe an album. Nice. That's the title's going to be the rise of failure. But um, uh, for shows like this, you know, thank goodness there's venues in Indianapolis like the White Rabbit Cabaret because yeah, I can do a I can do this like theatrical stuff there that's entertaining and it's not and like kind a, of like a comedy club's not going to book me and and it's and kind of uh, it's a little bit experimental too, right? Yeah, it's a little experimental and it's a little so it's like a little it's. It's a little dangerous. I guess not dangerous, but dangerous? you know, it's a little, it's just not, I mean, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, there's some risk involved as far as like, is this going to be a good show? Uh, it, it's not practiced material. Mm. It's not practiced jokes yeah, yeah, yeah. that I've carried around on the road and stuff and done here and there. It's just, this one's going to be true stories. It's going to be raw. It's going to be raw and it's, it's, I'm writing the show now, but it's, I'm not writing the stories out. I'm just like bullet pointing and just kind of remembering the important bits. And then I'm just going to just do it live. Mm. But as far as marketing the show, um, I just use social media and there's um, people. People trust you. I feel like at this point, like you've done enough where they're like, oh, okay, he's doing another one. Yeah. Another one. This is true. I'll come check it out. Uh, can you drop a beat for me there, Nathan? Oh, he's, I thought you were about to look up. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I like it when like, uh, the producer is like, fights uh, back, like, I'm not ready to uh, drop a beat. I'll Hell drop no. a beat when I'm ready, Dad. I thought we weren't doing those beats. Uh, Steven, where can people find you and follow you on social media? Well, um, I guess I'm, I'm on the Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and... TikTok, <laughs> and all, at all of those things. They're almost always Stephen Vincent Giles. Nice. I have a website, StephenVincentGiles.com, that has links to all of the things. Oh, nice. So you can just go to StephenVincentGiles.com, and then it'll take you to wherever awesome. you may or may not be interested in going. His oh, Instagram yeah. is Stephen V. Giles. Think, oh, well, then that's my personal one. Oh, what's oh, oh, we're oh no, 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 I'm sorry. That's not my personal one. No, no, no. no. That's that's my Instagram. I'm thinking of like, uh, I have like different accounts for That's my sex one. You're waiting to go. That's the right one. That's the right one. No, you're right. That's okay, the right cool. one for Guys, Instagram. his address is uh, 52 Bolton. <laughs> hey. <laughs> that's, no, that's the right one. Thank you for looking that up. Because I can welcome. never, yeah, I can never remember. But, I got you, Papa. Yeah. Uh, we have an amazing show for you. Uh, comedians, Rena Calm and Lee Kimbrell. I'm so excited for this episode. I have a good feeling about it. I have a good feeling too. What a wonderful day. And uh, well, well, let's do our, we forgot to do our plugs later. I feel like we'll forget to do our plugs later. We'll do yeah. Yeah. You want to do it right now, Tenna? Well, we're here, yeah. You're already here. Okay, you guys can find me on the social medias on Instagram at Horchata Del Rey. And you can find me on TikTok. I'm, up, I'm back on my bullshit as uh, Lumpy Tentacles. That's uh, Lumpy, T-E-N-N-A-H-C-L-E-S. And also, hey, oh my God, so much is happening. Um, I, Let me pull up my dates. Let me pull up my dates. Daddy, Shay, why don't you drop it while she's looking up her dates? Hey, I'm Steven Vincent Giles <laughs> Uncle. <laughs> Um, I'm his uncle. Remember me? <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were going to do your, uh, your, your stuff. Okay. Well, hey, I'm going to be at the Brick Room uh, this Saturday. Mandy McKelvey is headlining. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to be there, too, just to watch the show because that is a killer lineup. It's going to be so fucking fun. And then next Wednesday, the 8th, I'm going to be at Helium for their showcase. Um, doing storytelling in Fort Wayne, um, the 9th. And yeah. Yeah. All right, stick around. We got more coming up.
Testing. Bad bitch. Ask that. Can you turn it up? Are my headphones up a little bit? That's no snare. Hello? Hello? Hey, Lee Kimbrell. You're on the Drunk Dial podcast. The fuck yeah. What's uh, up, boys? What's up? Uh, it's it's uh, Thaddeus J. McKee and, and Tana McDonald in the house. Hey, baby. Oh, Tammy Mack and Thad. What's up? <laughs> gang, gang. <laughs> How are you guys? We're good. How are you, Bubba? Yeah, great. I'm doing excellent. I uh, it's, I just saw that you worked up at Fort Wayne, Tina. That's fucking great. I'm out here. I'm so tired, but I had such a great time. Thanks for all. Oh, yeah, memory. no. I love it's that. It's exciting. It is very exciting. I love that we're interviewing you, and you mentioned my little thing real fast. You're so sweet. Thank you. Oh. Oh, no problem. Well, it was uh, yeah, fresh in my mind. I just saw it on the gram. It's good shit. Now I know Lee, you're in the middle of running an open mic, and you're on a, a, a cigarette break almost. But uh, I will tell you this: uh, we actually are in luck. the uh, The open mic was called tonight. They're oh. doing something else down at the venue, and I just got off the road, so mm. I'm chilling. I mean, I, I can talk to you guys. Nice. Oh my god! Well, I really just wanted to ask you about your weekend opening up for Theo Vaughn. Woo! Yeah, baby! Woo! Yeah, it was pretty sick, guys. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it was awesome. I, it was pretty. The the shows in your all's hometown, Indianapolis, were it it was felt very unique because I've been lucky enough to do some of these shows, these big theater shows with him in the past. Mm. But in Indian in Indianapolis, it was it felt like a, a club weekend because I mean on fri- uh, what is it? Yeah, on Friday night. There was one show, Saturday two shows, and then there was a Sunday Sunday show. So oh, wow. we just pulled pulled the tour bus up to the back door of the venue, and then you just kind of live at the venue and in the tour bus for three days. It was the coolest <laughs> shit ever. <laughs> it was wild. So you're staying on yeah. the bus with him? Yeah, yeah, I got to uh, stay on the bus. So that, that, yeah, they drove up from Nashville, uh, and I drove in from Cincy. So I didn't like travel with them to and fro, but at night I slept on the bus and uh, while we were in Indianapolis and then, you know, I had my car with me. So that was kind of nice. We could run around and do errands and shit like that. But no, man, it was awesome. The shows were good. And uh, obviously Theo's the shit. He's so kind and sweet and funny. And I got to work with uh, Laura Peak and Ari Manis and they're both killers too. So. No, I mean, it, it was, it's hard to beat, dude. It's fucking wild. You had it was such a lovely cool. time. It sounds like you had summer it, camp vibes. It was major summer camp vibes. It was, uh, it was, you know, you get to know, like, the staff of this theater the same way you get to know the staff at, like, a, you know, a comedy club. Yeah. And it was cool. It was the venue. It was on Butler's campus. It was called the Clues Memorial Hall. And uh, it was, I think... In 1963 was when it opened and it opened in 1963 and it was like a huge fucking deal. And Bob Hope came in and uh, a bunch of like, you know, celebrities and stuff. And opening night was uh, Indianapolis. Do you work for Butler? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I just, I get, I just love venues. Like, (laughs) you know, I love clubs and venues and places that like put on, performances and i don't know it's cool like there's there's so many like just like retired old people 
who, you know, are ushers or ticket stampers or whatever it might be. And they're there and they're there for like Theo Vaughn and the Nutcracker and Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> and, 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 you know, and like fucking Billy Idol and yeah. like, like in like, you know, huge loud concerts and shit. It's, uh, it's cool. I, I don't know. I just love venues and, and the people that, you know, feel called to work at them because, you know, we'd be all, we'd all be pretty shit out of luck if there, there weren't like people that wanted to do it, you know? It's like we all go up on stage and say, give it up for your weight staff. And I mean, that's, that's just very true, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I appreciate that love for a, a, I love a venue staff a lot just because they're the, they're the behind the scenes. They're the backbone that's keeping that show flowing. Um, the my, whole personality. They're the whole personality. Like I, like you mentioned, I was in Fort Wayne at the Summit City Club. Like they were so lovely and so kind. And it's, there's a lot to say when you're at a venue and you are just interacting with these people for a few days, but everybody's on a good positive vibe. It just carries throughout the whole show and it's contagious. And I love that you love that. This is the most positive episode we've ever had. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, drunk drunk dials typically uh, tend to be shitty, but no, this, uh, this is, uh, no, it was very cool. And, uh, you know, every, it's so wild to see people respond to Theo. Um, I don't know. He's just a really good dude. Nice fucking guy. This is the most romantic thing I've ever heard in my life. I love it. I like I like to tell this story because, you know, and I there are plenty of comics. Comics we're all shit talkers and I know plenty of people uh, you know, talk shit on a guy like Theo because it's not whatever, in quotes, traditional stand up mm-hmm. and it's not set up it's not set up punch. It's very personality driven and uh I've seen him do like twelve hours and he's so fucking good. The way the way that I describe it is that Theo's up there speaking a different language, mm. and all of and, and all of his fans are fluent in it. And, oh, and, and, and it's so cool! Oh and it's like, isn't that, isn't that all? Isn't that what we're fucking trying to do? That's like, all we're trying to do. No, like, it's, oh my god! I talked to two dudes after the show who started crying to me, talking about what Theo meant to them. You know, it it was it's just a big fucking feel good party with that guy, dude, and. <sighs> And, uh, and you know, that's hard. That's fu- it's fucking tough. Um, I like telling this story. The first time I got to work with him, it was just by chance. I still don't really know how it worked out, but I got the call to open forum in Cincinnati and where we do two shows and I got to do it with Mark Shalafu and it was like the craziest shit in the world. And we're standing out in the pit in this venue is like 2,500 seats. But the floor level was all folding chairs. It's like mostly for music. So there's like 1,500 fucking folding chairs that need to be put up. And there's just this small army of people out there folding the chairs up. And we're standing in a circle, you know, in the venue. Theo just taking a bunch of pictures with people. And we were just kind of standing there soaking it up, talking shit. Like with, you know, how comedians do. There's a bunch. It was my, yeah, it was awesome. And, uh, Theo's tour manager comes up and you know puts gives Theo a wad of fucking money that looks like it's from a rap video. You know, it's uh, <laughs> love it. just yeah. a just a just a block of merch money, and it wasn't in his hand for I don't know maybe fifteen seconds before he just started walking around the room 
tipping all the people that were folding up the chairs. Oh, wow. And just giving everybody $40 handshake, gang, gang, baby, and just, like, you know, showing everyone love. And um, It's such a good affirmation to see a guy uh, get to that level. And obviously, he is an incredible talent and a very unique talent. But, like, seeing how he acts and treats people, like his fans and staff, and really just anybody, it's such a good affirmation because it's like, that's who wins, you know? The good guy that's wins. who wins. <laughs> that's oh my, who wins. Fuck yeah. Oh, my, my eyes wet. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know I just am kind of going on and on, but it's a, it's a fucking crazy thing being around it, dude. It really is. I feel but, like you're talking about Jesus or something. I feel yeah. like I'm just like... I know, no, <laughs> well, I'm, you know, you're parable. around him. And, and he would completely roll his fucking eyes, and I get it, but like... but. He's just a good. He's just a good egg, man. Yeah. He's a, a good, good egg, egg. and uh, <laughs> he's a good egg, dude. He is. Well, I'm sure it's, it's so also fucking funny. After you see enough bad behavior, it's nice to see someone. It's doing so it. nice. Well, because I feel like yeah. comedy, we we observe and re- report, and it can be very inherently negative. And it's like you said, um, his type of comedy, it's not for everybody. I feel like a lot of people see him as just like not traditionally like a comic, but he's a performer. Yeah. He is a comic. I just think it's. It's nice to be reminded that we don't, there's not one way to fucking do this. There's not. Oh, well, my be. best, my best, my, my two best friends, you guys know them, are Blake Hammond and Rand Barnaclo. Yes. And they, they both absolutely destroy rooms and it is completely different styles, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, you know, not, whatever, not too inside baseball here, but if you're, yeah, look up Rand Barnaclo, Blake Hammond, if you're listening to this, because like, Rand catches that bullshit too, is it's like, well, yeah, it's just, he's just crowd worried, but it's like, yeah, motherfucker, but listen to the decibels in the room. Yeah. The, the, end goal, yeah. the, the end goal is to fucking kill. And if you go up there and just make fart sounds with your armpits, and for whatever reason that murders, mission fucking accomplished, dude. <laughs> you know? It's like, it's like, you know, I don't know. I love this shit, and I love that there's a million ways to skin a cat, and you can do it anyway. And fucking Midwest is fuck. Ul- what you just said. <laughs> yeah, but you? ultimately, yeah, but ultimately, it's like go up there and fucking make people laugh. It, it make people just take the ride with you a little bit. And yeah, Rand and Theo were very similar in that sense. I've never understood that thinking, even amongst comics, because like. You know, like we've all seen the, you know, maybe it's a TikToker, maybe it's someone who's famous from YouTube, or maybe it's like an actor who's trying to transition into comedy or whatever. Like, you can get a bunch of people to come see you, but if you're not engaging them in a certain way, they're not going to be returned fans, let alone this kind of like cult-like feeling that you were describing Mm -hmm. about (laughs) the, the, the fan base. But then you see somebody that, like you said, like can just go up there and they're just engaging in a certain way, however that is, you know, and they're, they're connecting with their fans, like, and they're, mm-hmm. and they're getting laughs. Like, who cares? Well, we're, we're, we're all so young into this shit, you know? It's like, I'm just coming up on seven years and we're all so young to this shit. And it's like, we, for, we forget it. You spend so long just being a comedian writing your jokes, making your set list, driving to the fucking shows, going through all the shit and without fans, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's, you're, it's like fans, the idea of fans who would come and buy your ticket. And you know, it's like, we can, 
you know, we can move tickets in certain cities. And by move tickets, it's like at the, this level that we're on, like you're a real fucking asset. If you can bring 15 people out to a bar show, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's, and it's so crazy. And then, cause you know, just going back with Theo, I guess, since that's kind of the, the topic or whatever, but, uh, six years ago, Theo was just a guy, <laughs> you know, like he was, yeah. he was just, he was just a comedian whose calendar was pretty filled up, but he wasn't selling out shows. You know, he was, he was like auditioning for fucking acting roles and, and getting up and making money on the road. And, and, and then boom, pow. Oh, I mean, he sold 15,000 tickets in five days. That's he's like a, he's wow. like a, he's like a, he's almost in a, he could go to arenas feasibly, you know, Damn. it's wild. It's so wild. Connection, I feel like, like takes somebody a long way because to be an entertainer and to write and then like you don't necessarily have to write jokes the whole time or just bits. It's just like, like you said, like you go up there and you connect with people and you make that like that vibration just kind of flow through the room. One, yes, totally cult leader vibes, but it's so palpable and it just says a lot about how the human brain is, about how people naturally want to have a like tribe as a connection, like, Oh, we are all bonding over this big fucking thing right here. And I love it. And it's also fun. Like talking about like the, you know, the pop that happened for, um, and, and, and hope, you know, hopefully this happens for us. Right. Because there are people who love Theo so much right now because they've been loving him. You know, they loved him on fucking road rules. (laughs) They followed his whole career. He's been after it for a really long time. You know, he's, it's, it's wild. He, on road rules when he was 19 it's half of his fucking life he's been fully just in the public eye in show business and, and that's a real doozy it's, it's fucking awesome to get to work with him and see him work through it i i'm so ha- i was so happy for, for you when i saw that but like also you you seem to be kind of the uh the go-to midwest feature man like uh you slaying. a lot of people are calling dibs on you when they're coming a lot yeah. of big, yeah. big acts that's true Calling, yeah. dip, calling you up when you when they come it's, to town, uh, man. You know, there's a uh, fuck. I appreciate you saying that. It's uh, it is it. It appears to be true. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's, uh I thank you. No, I'm very I'm very fortunate, man. I uh, I got this dumbass tattoo on my arm uh, that says "Be Fun," or it just says "B F D B A D." It's just big block letters. It's really ugly. It looks stupid, but it stands for uh, "Be funny, don't be a dick." Oh, babe, and, get the fuck out of here! That's you know, <laughs> be funny, don't be a dick. Because I mean, you know, it, you got yeah, sure, you got to be funny, right? Yeah, you can't go up there and just like eat a bag every single time. You got to be funny. You got to be working on it. But ultimately, and this goes for guys wanting to work with me this goes for bookers booking features and uh if you're booking somebody you're basically saying here you go hang out with this person for the next three or four days Mm -hmm. and and you and you gotta be you gotta bring something to the table in that sense you know not in some like weird coercive networky try hard fucking way but it's like you have to they people got to want to be around you you know you don't yeah. get the call if you're just so 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 funny i guess there's just not room anymore for people you can't it doesn't matter how funny you are really you can't be like a dickhead <laughs> you yeah. know it's yeah. like 
the tables have kind of changed. I love it. Where it wasn't always the case, I don't know, or maybe that's just, maybe I'm just fully talking out of my ass. No, you're not. It just, it just seems like people could get away with uh, more douchebaggery back in the day. Um, no, that's actually something I had a conversation with like over this weekend um, was that I feel like comedy has changed a lot as far as like, because it's one thing to be like very funny on stage, but professionalism and being kind to everyone around you, just being like not a dick, just like, hey, I was raised with fucking minors and I'm going to act like it. Right. But it goes yes, along. Absolutely. Yeah. I was uh, talking about how, like, I feel like our scene specifically <clears throat> has changed prior to COVID. I felt like it was very, there was just a weird energy. It was kind of oddly negative, but like COVID kind of forced us to overly appreciate, like, this is the thing that keeps yeah. us alive and emotionally like stimulated. Mm. Um, and I've noticed that there was an influx of positivity, like with people wanting to run open mics again, or just like the people who like, the, the nice guy does win. When you show up to a club on time, you're nice to the club venue and you're nice to the staff and you're nice to the feature. And like, you're just being, I don't know, just you're, yeah. you're in a moment. You're not being a dickhead. That it person, goes a long way. That person can always be around. And that person will that all person get bucked. can always be around, man. And it's like, you know, and, and, and it, yeah, you don't want to like skew the lines too much and just be like, yeah, well, if you're just like a good person, then you'll sure. be a working comedian. Sure. Because it's like, you do have to be good at this shit and it is very, very hard to be good at it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but there are so many people that are good, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there are more comedians now than ever do. And yes. you, you got to set it apart. Yeah. One of y'all brought up a second ago talking about like, uh, you know, YouTubers or TikTokers or whatever, uh, getting shade thrown at them. Mm -hmm. And, if you notice, if you go and you look at these websites and you see who is getting brought back, because, you know, I've, for several reasons, I've paid close attention to those sorts of things over the last couple of years. And uh, a bunch of the names, a bunch of these Vine guys or these YouTubers, it's like the cream has risen to the top. Oh, it's like yeah. the, 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 the money grab happened. And then you're not, you're not seeing a lot of repeat offenders, you know, yeah. uh, case, Casey Fry, you know that long skinny guy who dances. No, uh, you've you've seen he you've seen a million of his videos. He, Casey Fry, F R E Y. You've oh, seen shit. a million of his yeah. videos. <clears throat> yeah, that guy. I got to work with him. He was the fucking man, you know. And it's like he he was very self aware. He came in. He was polite. He was nice to everybody. Shy, but not a diva. Nothing. Mm. No, you know, definitely not like asking people more. Uh, you know for whatever he was just easy to work with he came in he headlined he did like 35 you know i hosted and did 25 so he came in and it's like he acted right and now he's just all over the fucking country but there are other people i mean southern mama i don't know if you remember that this guy named darren knight southern mama mm -hmm. for like for like three years he just sold out theaters and made millions of dollars and and you know and then everyone was like fuck this guy he's an a he, he's an asshole you know he fuck fuck him i can book a million other people so that's yeah. that's why you gotta be good you know yeah because there's like, other people that'll just take it for sure 
I'd like to vouch for you on, on being a good guy. Like, I, I hope you are the cream that does rise to the top. I yes. like, I know you're a good guy because I, I had a show with you. Like, I, well, actually, we've been doing shows probably for four years now together. Yeah, dude. A um, minute. Uh, yeah. And, like, I, I always am glad to see you come uh, into the Indiana or Indianapolis, and you're always eating, so that's always good. But one time I had a show with you, and I had a, a few drinks. I didn't drive, and my phone died. So it was the end of the night. I had no way to get home. We call this a Bad trifecta, by yeah. the way. <laughs> so many <things>. <laughs> <laughs> And then Lee said, you know, he, he beat me up. and he, But he taught me a lesson that day. Yeah, yeah. Don't, and then I, do I that. stole his phone. You stole my phone and you, 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 you pawned it. <laughs> no, you, you called me an Uber home. You got me a ride home and made sure I got uh, home safe and it was great. Oh, my and fucking so, yeah, God. And so. Got to. <laughs> I've forgotten about that. That's so thing. good. Yeah, I was like, this guy's a good guy. I was like, you know, well, he's going to make it. This really is the most positive episode we've ever done. I have follow-up questions, too. Lee, are both of your parents still married? Yeah, they are. Motherfucker. What? <laughs> Again, against all odds, His parents dude. are still married. My, uh, and Lee's parents, parents have a real good marriage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Okay. They really do. Oh my, my parents are sick. My special, my half hour out on YouTube is named after my parents. They're Mike and Molly. And uh, they, they're dope. They knew each other for like four months. And just got fully knocked up with your boy. Oh. And, uh, I mean, they had a uh, they had an abortion on the sketch, dude. And they kept I was you. like, I was like a three o'clock suck it out, and and then they were like, and then they were like, no, maybe not. Let's try to give it a go. So your mom was just and, very happy that much. She's, you know what? This is actually kind of a vibe. Right. Okay. My follow up question. Imagine, Wait, could you yeah. imagine? I would have not have got home that night if they went through. Yeah, you could have died in a DUI. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so my follow up question is Lee, when's your birthday? 12, 14, 90. I'm a Sagittarius. Of course you are. Sagittarius is fucking kick ass. They're always so fucking nice and they're very determined and they don't fuck around because they always take care of their friends. All Every Sagittarius in my life has saved my life. Fuck yeah. Lee, <laughs> God damn it. Tell your mom and dad I said thank you. I'm very jealous that your parents are together. Anyway, <laughs> I will. I will. I'll let him know that. Oh, my God. Lee, thank you so much for talking to us today. Man, dude, I needed it. Thank you, guys. This was uh, a really nice talk. Just fucking rules. Uh, yeah, I thought you needed a victory lap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I did>. yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to go ahead and plug that uh, YouTube special and your social media real quick? Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I'm uh, at, on Instagram, Leon Kimbrell. Uh, the YouTube special, it's called Mike and Molly. Uh, just search Lee Kimbrell, Mike and Molly. It's on 4x3's page, 4x3. Um, yeah, get hit to them too. Follow 4x3 Comedy on Instagram. They're making specials for guys like us just here in the middle of the country. So, yeah, man, check it out. And if you're in Cincinnati, come hang out at Go Bananas Comedy Club. Yes, please. Hell yeah. Hey, thank you, brother. All right, man. I love you guys. I'll love see you, you soon. Yeah. I'll, I'll be in. Uh, I'll be in Indy. Let me look. Sorry, I hear the music. I know we're rapping. I'm gonna. Do, I'm doing the dog show on March second. Hell so yeah! Come to that. Perfect. Fucking a wolf, wolf. Gang, nice. gang. Woo! Love see you. I <laughs> love you guys. Bye. Bye, All right, brother. Thank you. See ya. Hello. Hey, Rena Calm. You're on the Drunk Dial podcast. 
Oh, hey, Dyke. How's it going? Doing very well. And you're joined by uh, my co-host, uh, Tana McDonald. Love you. And oh, hey, girl. <laughs> Daddy's Jay McKee. Hey. Hey, it's my friends. What are you guys doing right now? Besides getting wasted. Oh, we're just... <laughs> Ever so slightly. We're just potting. We're just potting. I'm actually uh, I'm actually on a uh, five-month cleanse, so I'm... I'm Intentional, I'm, not court-ordered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are just getting drunk on friendship tonight. Oh, no, they're getting drunk. Ever so I'm, slightly. I'm not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually really curbed down from when the when the show first started in quarantine it was like actually like a blackout drunk situation which sounds fun but and, it's and, dangerous and, 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 and calling people because we thought the world was ending and yeah, uh, yeah. and now it's more you gotta of a, be, have a cocktail you, you gotta have a buzz for that you yeah. gotta have at least a buzz for the apocalypse you know I have a que- <laughs> I have a question because you you're you're a you're a sober person right fairly soberish I mean ironically for this podcast i waited to smoke my weed because i'm like i don't like how i sound if i've been smoking but i'm california sober nice now if like if there if there was like uh, a meteor coming towards earth and like we're all gonna go in a week are you having a drink or no oh yeah i'll try heroin I mean, we're all going to go. Are you kidding me? I'm going to have like, I'm going to have an orgy. We're all going to do drugs. I'm going to get everything pierced or no, that would hurt. I don't know. I just, I, I would not put on clothes. I would just be running around naked and being like, give me your best stuff. <laughs> Whatever they've got. Whatever you got. Then I'll decide if I want it after I see what it is. Oh, man. <laughs> That is fantastic. I can't wait till the, like the first fake news where the world's going to end and just see what everybody's doing. And then they're like, oh, wait, yeah. we were wrong. <laughs> yeah, the meteor barely missed us. <laughs> everybody's <laughs> going to jail. <laughs> it's weird. You just see like news stories about some lady running topless through a cheesecake factory. And it's like... <laughs> That, and it's not even Florida. <laughs> that actually kind of happened a, a few, like, it was probably like seven years ago now, like in Hawaii, like somebody accidentally sent out the uh, disaster readiness, like text to like everyone on one of the islands in Hawaii. Oh yeah. And it was, oh, basically, yeah. it was basically like the missiles are coming, like <laughs> they're so inbound. Funny. They're going to be here in five minutes. <laughs> And there was people that just pulled over to the side of the road and they just were calling their family and just like, I, I love you. Like, this is it. Wow. And like, can you imagine I, if you had like a week of that? <laughs> no, I cannot. But it, like, I love the idea of that. Like, I love that scene in Almost Famous where like they're having engine trouble in the plane and like everybody just like shouts their deepest truths for like a few <laughs> minutes and then <laughs> the plane's just okay and like they know about their affairs and stuff. I eat that mo- I eat those moments up more than anything. <laughs> just like remember how like life's a snow globe and it was just a fever dream? <laughs> we yeah. know what you did, Thomas. I mean <laughs> I mean, honestly, I kind of wish that like we'd had a little bit more of that with the pandemic. Like I wish we were a little maybe if we were a little bit more scared. Maybe if they gave us more of like a death clock countdown mm. freak out episode People would have, you know, not, maybe we wouldn't have watched Tiger King. Maybe we would have, like, (laughs) done community outreach, you know? (laughs) Dude, I literally watched Tiger King during the pandemic in a blanket fort. Nothing says, hey, I'm ready to go out like that. I I definitely. You know, it's so funny. It's like Tiger King's like an era now. You can just say the Tiger King days (laughs) and it's like, you know exactly what it is. (laughs) We were so horny and so sad. (laughs) 
I remember uh, Pornhub made everything free, and I was like, this is the end of the world. <laughs> like, I remember thinking, like, that was a bad... Like, when the NBA stopped and Pornhub yeah. just said, just stay at home and jacket until the end of time. <laughs> I tell you what. <laughs> yeah, things got weird. Did anybody else... I mean, like, anybody else try, like, dating anybody virtually, like, during that time? Virtual dating? Uh, yeah, like I mean, just not in person. Like going, oh, like, go, like going on Zoom dates and and that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, that sounds horrendous. Yeah, it just blew my mind. Yeah, I would rather do a Zoom comedy show than that. Oh gosh! <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Yeah. a million it, percent. <laughs> Oh, God, that sounds awful. No, I was just one of those people that was stuck being in a, a marriage that was ending during yeah. the pandemic. Sure. Like, oh, fuck. Oh, God, I couldn't. Hey, you know what, Tenna? It's nice that you guys got through the pandemic before you let that really collapse. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> We're survivors. <laughs> yeah. One thing at a time. One disaster event at a yeah. time. I got, uh, like a, I got a virtual dog I had uh, to take care of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a Tamagotchi. Yeah, old Tamagotchi. <laughs> a Tamagotchi. I, uh, I, I had a... I got a pen I had like pal. a virtual relation... A pen pal? Yeah, like I... Well, I slid into this girl's DMs. Oh, God, as one does. It, you know, because I thought the world was ending, and I was like, why not? And um, I also thought she was a fan of this show, because she followed this show on Instagram. Turns out, not a fan at all. <laughs> Just wanted you, I guess. Oh, my God. And, and we, we started a conversation. I was never, like, creepy, or I never said anything, like... But it was just, you know, kind of... Just started a conversation, and it, that conversation has gone on for three years now. And so you got, like, virtual friend-zoned. Yeah. I mean, I'd say, yeah. I'd say friend-zoned in real life, too. But <laughs> yeah, but no, <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't, I don't like the, I don't like the term friend zone because you know, you're either in or you're out. You know, women let you know pretty quickly. Uh, For where, sure, where, but also where you stand. <laughs> Yeah, also, I will say, like, you know, men have had it so hard for such a long time. And Preach. <laughs> I will, it has to be difficult to even make a move, especially if you're talking to somebody online now, because it's so easy to misread things. And like, I don't know. Misread. I appreciate also, yeah. the, the boundaries of like, yeah, I don't use Facebook or Instagram as a dating app. So mm. I would appreciate to not be hit on in those places. Yeah. Oh. But yeah. I don't know if I like somebody, I kind of like a little flirting, but you know, you can't like, you can't expect an upstanding citizen with a dong to be like polite yeah there's you also know? a record of all your misses now like back in the day like if you missed like you could probably forget about it like oh yeah i did try mm. to hit on that person but now there's like there's documents and proof oh uh, you know what i would Listen. do to myself when i'm drinking is i just delete those things and then i it, it's you like you forget them yeah it's like i spotless mind myself oh mm -hmm. and then I don't remember. So, like you can only delete it on your end though right yeah, but then you yeah. don't see, you don't have a record of it, so you don't know. <laughs> but they know, okay, I just got hit up by this dude from the middle of Kansas that he met me like a year and a half ago, and he just messaged me to be like, hey, I met you a year and a half ago, I gave you a book, it wasn't very funny, I wanted to ask you some questions, blah, 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 I stopped reading, but then <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wrote back to him, I was like, yeah, he had a different social media account from the last time he'd messaged me. Mm. And he tried to hit me up without, like, like I wouldn't remember that, like, yeah, didn't you also ask me if I would take you on the road so that we could fall in love and maybe really start to live? Oh, my <laughs> fucking ass. 
<laughs> and he was like, yeah, uh, sorry. I was really addicted to marijuana back then, and that's I was making a, a lot of bets. What? <laughs> no, that's not a thing. What? I don't know what his name is, but it's Darren in my head. That's right. But what a cuck move. Just like, let me just love bomb the fuck out of you, and let's run away together. I'm like, yeah, uh, that sounds really cool for me, a free, independent woman. Get fucked. Go away. I am right. Also, like you think I'm not going to remember that it was one of the weirdest messages <laughs> I've ever had. And you're just going to show up like wearing a, a fake mustache. Like, hello, I'm <laughs> here for business. I'm here for business. <laughs> Why are men like this? My name is Guy Incognito. <laughs> Guy Incognito. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I, you guys, to be nice. women get the crazy. I can't even imagine what y'all's dms look like oh they're just uh just dumpster fires but that that was not the case with me i was i i kind of look oh, at it like I this, bet you like, were great you, you take a swing and then it, it, if there's a little flirtation there or something comes yeah. under fine. if not then you have a new friend that's the thing i never yeah. understand about getting angry it's just like i mean it's okay to have a hot friend you know yeah that, that, that could still be cool i like how you well, said it's that also like a business with pleasure thing like this guy was trying to like ask me about business but also like hey could we work together but also on the way to that fall in love <laughs> like, it was like so dumb could i have your professional advice and while you're doing that maybe i touch your cheek and like the best part about that to me is that he's applying for the feature spot you know what i'm saying so it's like i know i mean which yeah you know i had another dude that i like dated virtually only like we've met one time in person but then we started like an internet relationship during the tiger king era and like man i've been talking about it on stage recently because it's like wow what really happened there it got like (laughs) it got like really oddly serious and like it was really hard to end it but like we never got together Damn. Yeah, it like it's interesting to connect with somebody and keep it that going on for so long on the pure basis of emotions. But yeah, how do you, I've only started relationships by like putting my cooter on things. How do you do that? <laughs> yeah. Rena, what, I mean, you, that's, sorry, go ahead. We were having nice flirty chats and it was like, oh, this would be like a nice friend that maybe could be more and like then it was you know pretty flirty and like then it got very intensely flirty and i was still into it because it was nice to not think about the reality of my situation which was about to be homeless Mm -hmm. uh so i was like okay like this is fun but then we had like cyber sex is that what they call it still i don't know we like it's called digital digital get down (laughs) i was like was it on aim (laughs) (laughs) He poked me. I poked him. Hot. Oh, wow. And then after that, it was just like, it just like, mm. I don't think I was ready for that step in our virtual relationship. And like, mm. then after we did it, then one time I was like, are we just going to have to do that all the time now? Like, <laughs> oh, no. Shorty. Yeah, that's real. Cause I've definitely not necessarily a relationship, but I started a long-term canoodle ship and it was all via online. And there's only so much like masturbation you can do in front of a camera. Like you're like, this yeah, is it gets old. It gets old. Cause other, yeah. Yeah. Don't even give me stuff. It is, it's a lot of work to do online stuff. I don't know how people do it. So we, I'm an in-person I've never done lover. it. Yeah. Yeah, that was the only... I mean, I've done, like, sexting, and I've cybered my... I've, cyber, my, I've cybered my little clit off. I've done it... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm we kidding. Mine's really kind... 
Mine's huge, so it's, just, <laughs> it's weird for me to say it like that. I just did a spit take. Uh, it's called big clit energy. <laughs> yeah, I've got big. I've got huge clit energy. Um, you know what? You really do. Yeah. I don't, thank you. I don't even remember what we were talking about, but uh, we're, we're talking about virtual dating. But you're you're a you're like a hardcore you know road warrior. So like you're not yeah. you're not breezing in these towns and just and just whining them and dying in them and then hitting that dusty trail in the morning. L O L. Like the idea, the idea that I have time to whine and dine myself. Last week, I don't think I sat down one time last week for an actual sit down meal because I was eating like bite of a burrito, packed a van, bite of a burrito, like fix my schedule. But like I, there was no. I like the idea of having a relationship right now. I mean, it's so not an option that it's strange to have compartmentalized my life into like, that's not even a category of my life right now. Yeah. Cause it is like a thing that's like, that's like, that, I'm also astrologically inclined to think about my relationship more than anything all day. So <laughs> it's weird to like have completely taken that out of, um, the what? list of categories of things I'm doing. <laughs> what's that sign? What's that sign? Welcome back. <laughs> to what's that well, sign? I'm a, I'm a Gemini sun and Gemini moon Ew. and a cancer rising. Ah! I love it. Oh and my God. I just read my full chart for the first time last year. And it was kind of like, yeah, you kind of like think about your relationship to the point where it's a little bit like unhealthy, obsessive. I'm like, Oh my God, I thought that was everybody. It's just me. Gemini like, love so passionately. Um, my work wife is also a Gemini, and she is my everything. She is my sp my star and my moons, and I love her so much. Now I'm gonna tell you something right now. Gemini women specifically, one that's why you're such a fucking well. That's not why you're a hardworking bitch, but you are. But I've noticed that most Gemini women they are the best fucking lovers, and they love with all of their heart, and they work so hard for the people they love. Mm. Bitch, you are yeah. appreciated. You're a gem in this world. Mm. I love you. Thank you so much. <laughs> this is the best. Uh, I am drunk, episode. actually. I'm drunk. That's why I'm crying. Uh, <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> She's just drunk driving across the country. <laughs> no, I am. I'm just hanging out at home right now, which means parked at a Walmart. Uh, <laughs> Where in the world are you? I'm I'm close by you. I'm still in Indiana. I was in okay. Indianapolis last night, but oh, I had okay. to go get an oil change and yats. So I'm sitting here. I've got yats and I've got uh, some uh, kombucha from Walmart. Mm. Things are going to get lit Ooh. on the drive to St. Louis. I was to the best poops. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, have you yeah. have you have you thought at all about entering the like uh, van life influencer space? Ooh. Oh my god, like aren't I already? <laughs> uh you influence me all know. the time. No, honestly, I'm like hitting a wall with like even trying to focus on just booking my weekend gigs, the amount of work that goes into and like not filling in my days in between mm -hmm. like I used to. I'm getting enough money on the weekend gigs that I can focus on those uh mostly, but it's been so much nonstop work just to do the promotion and everything like that, that, um, uh, I cannot imagine having to make somehow I it's physically impossible to do would be to make more content than I'm already doing. Yeah. Like getting all of this stuff, the emails, the promo, everything. So people have said that to me so many times of like <laughs> trying to like 
make something of this experience with more content, but like exhausting. How? How would so, I? Yeah. It's impossible. I'm driving, bitch. Like <laughs> there's no That's why you need a feature that loves you that's gonna rub your cheek and, <laughs> and, and make all your videos for you and Just, edit them quietly. It's truly I'm hilarious. also like I don't know if this is a Gemini thing, but I'm super particular about how my stuff is done. So mm. like I'll hire people that I trust. But like a lot of the time I end up feeling like I'll just do it myself. And especially with content. Oh my God. Yeah. Like the hour sets that I do take a good full day to upload on the internet in a way that I can even start to work with them. And so like any reel that you see that I post there, I, I could have put up to a week of fucking work into that, you know? Um, so I don't know what I'm trying to say, except that like, yeah, there's definitely, I have a lot of footage of the van build and I would love to be able to edit that into a video at some point, but I think, you're yeah, gonna, I think I mean, you're going to need a manslave. It's called a designated yeah. dead boy. You're going to need a manservant. <laughs> I mean, there's not room in here for that, truly. So, <laughs> oh, like, yeah, this yeah. is a big upgrade from the Prius, but it is built for one, okay? <laughs> How long is this next jaunt out before you, you know, come back to a home base? I don't have a home base officially as of this week. Oh. My stuff was in my brother's place in Wisconsin yeah. for I ended up there during COVID, you know, and we've mm. spoken up there and uh, I, he's moving to California next month. Cause he got a job working in the national parks, which is awesome. Oh, that's nice. um, yeah. So I'm going to, uh, I moved all my stuff out of his place and I've got a few things in Indy at, <laughs> at Gwen's basement <laughs> and I've got a bunch of stuff in Kansas city and I have a storage unit in Texas and my plan is to bust my little hiney and uh, also, again, not little, very big. <laughs> I need to bust my butt to afford to move somewhere by the end of the year. And I'm thinking Colorado because they have mountains and b -b -b Medicaid. Oh, uh, so jealous. So jealous. Yeah. And marijuana. But it's well, marijuana is pretty everywhere right now. Except, and except for Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. I've had a horrible experience trying to maintain things like um, health care or I had food stamps during once COVID started, I was getting food stamps and I had that all had to rearrange to Texas because of my accident. And Texas does not do health care unless you are pregnant and you cannot get I, they canceled my food stamps because I used them in a different state, which is crazy because it's wow. a federal program. That's yeah. fucking dumb. That's, mm -hmm. That sounds like some real Texas behavior. That's, yeah, that's, that's real mm -hmm. Texas. Uh, yeah. Oh my they god! They told me to just go drink a bottle of oil. Uh, <laughs> and give you a gun willy nilly. Yeah, yeah. They were like, "Shoot this gas down your throat." And <laughs> Shoot anyway, this gas down your throat, which sounds like a rap song. Uh, yeah. Rena, one of my favorite memories. Uh, of I think being at Helium Comedy Club in general was the last time I saw you in person was like at an open mic and you and the crowd just sucked and you were just let you would you were letting them know how much they sucked. I fucking <laughs> Oh my God. Wait, it must have you know what? It wasn't the open mic. No, they sucked. I remember it was the freaking album taping. Wasn't it? It was like the best of indie or that, something. Yes, yes, that's what it was. Shit, fuck, was that? The I mean, it had the 
absolute vibe of an open mic, sure, yeah. But you would, you would just like stop mid joke and you'd be like, "What is happening right now? Like, what is going? What is like?" You were asking individual people what was wrong with them. Yeah, yeah. and I'm just well, in the back dying. Is like, that what she said? The class five joke? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Class five, the class five pun. Yeah, you, you came home and told oh, me about that. Level four pun, or level four yeah. Pun. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it just sucks because, like, I feel like that's a rule and that carries throughout, like, it's so, it's like lightning in a bottle to actually record one of your, like, sets that you're like, that was awesome because it's, like, almost like a the best way to have a great set is to, like, set up your camera but then forget to hit record <laughs> because... Oh. Yeah. That yeah. just happened to me in Louisville. I, like, set up, I, bought a, I brought a new memory card in and I set my camera up because it was a really good audience on the early show Saturday and Friday was fine, but it was kind of empty in there and they were spread out. So it probably was a bad clip. And then Saturday, Oh my God. Like it just, it was one of those sets that I felt like, wow, I just like wrote some incredible new jokes while I was up on stage. And this like, anyway, I forgot to hit record. Mm. <laughs> I can, I feel that pain to a deep level. Cause like, I know after listening to a really good recording, obviously it's just good to hear those little tags and or just like, it's almost a way to like get a little high off of those laughs. You're like, oh, remember when I was fucking hilarious and those people Yeah, loved take a it. hit off those laughs. Oh yeah. God. And then like, if I didn't <laughs> record it, it like physically hurts me. It's like the beautiful like situation ship that you're never going to get back. You're like, it was so good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I still have the audio so I can go back and listen and take notes. I always record my audio, but Sorry. like, uh, it's just, yeah, such a kick in the pants. Uh, and so like for it to be an album recording, best of indie, like, I mean, we're all hoping to get some great hot tracks on here, submit them to serious, make a living off of this fucking endless torture dream. And like, I mean, delight. And then, <laughs> you know, it's, so the audience being, I mean, they should have done it upstairs. I feel like upstairs would have been better for that size crowd. Yeah. But yeah, they were just weird as hell. Um, Rena, I want you to stay on. The, we're going to wrap up uh, this interview, but uh, I would like you to stay on the line and we will we will discuss the other questions that you were asking me about. Um, but before we go, where can people find you and follow you on social media and keep up with all your dates and everything? Well, um, my name is Rena Calm, and that's where you can find me everywhere. It's a pretty unique name, so I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. Just look for Rena Calm. Uh, like, keep calm and Rena on. <laughs> that's not what it says. Uh, and there's the link in all my bios. It will take you to everything, including my website, renacalm.com, including link to buy tickets to come see me in Indianapolis on February 10th and 11th, headlining at Helium upstairs in the good room hey, hey. for hey. good crowds. Um, and my album and my book and some sketches and my wiki feed. It's all on there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Rita. We, we love to talk to you. I love you. Love you guys. Thank you.